Roy Vanwater. I'm Jade Meskill. I'm Clayton Lengelzigich. And today, fresh from Twitter, we have Mike Vizdos. And uh, a custom that we want to do with our special guests are we are going to allow them to pick the topic of their choice. Uh, you get to hear what we're passionate about all the time. We want to hear what some of our listeners are passionate about. So, Mike, what's got your interest today? So let's see. We won't talk about um, estimation and planning <laughs> or no estimates. Certification. Um, let's see. What are some other hot topics that we don't want to talk about? Um, can I get, can I get certified in estimation? Yeah, certify estimation planning. <laughs> Although Mike Cohn might have a have a copyright on that one too, right? <laughs> Anything he's possible. Planning, he's planning poker, I think. Yeah. yeah. I, I got to send him a two just two cent royalty for saying that. <laughs> okay, he'll get the check. There you go. So uh, I don't know. We, we, what, what are you guys doing with the lean startup world? Anything there, or what's what's going on with that for you? Uh, let's, well, we were just talking about Lean Startup the other day at lunch. I had um, shared a blog post that I had read about some people that had tried to create a startup. I can't remember what space it was in, but they tried to create a startup and they tried was, to use Lean Startup. It was in the nonprofit space. Okay. And they, uh, they it sounds like they were 37 Signals devotees. And so they read a bunch of the 37 Signals blog posts and their books and everything. And they tried it and it didn't work, and it was the fault of lean startup. But then, if you read the blog, it didn't look like they were very lean startupy. So I'm kind of well, curious how many other people are in that same boat where they uh, they read the book and they try it and it fails, and they blame lean startup. I used a lean canvas. Well, I think why it, didn't this work? I think you're going to have a lot of uh, agile adoption horror stories, right? So I think the early people that are doing lean startup actually have experience and spent decades figuring out how to kind of be successful and uh, bringing product to market fast. And so they started to document it. They wrote books about it. They're doing conferences about it. And now as you start to get into a little past the early adopters on the curve, you're going to have people that read the book but have no experience doing anything and then go out and basically say, look, I followed all the rules, but it it didn't work. I'm not making a million dollars. What is wrong with this? And the same way that people go out and, you know, read – uh, a user story book and we'll still go out and write bad user stories or we'll go to a scrum certification and still do all sorts of horrific things to their teams. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but we did it iteratively. There you go. <laughs> that's um, right. We, I think, we, I think, fail, we fail fast. Well, I think that's exactly the, the problem though, especially with this lean startup one is a fear of failing. So the entire idea, at least for me, the big motivation of lean startup is to try to fail as early as possible so you can eliminate, you know, a possibility and I think that's really um, difficult for people when they get passionate about something is to all of a sudden find evidence that it's not worth your effort right so like we, you had coined the term I think a fat startup at some point where it's that like no, the, that, that's uh, the name of their book that, that you can buy okay. yeah. like that, that kind of seems like the same thing where like if you try to develop the entire product and wait until the end to release it to find out that it doesn't actually meet any customer demands yeah, I mean, what what I'm seeing a lot in the, you know, places where we're doing a lot of this stuff at, people are really, really bad at breaking functionality down into small bits. And I'm not talking developers. I'm talking product owners. They don't know how to ask any of the right questions. So we, they say, like, I want to do lean startups. So, awesome, great. What experiment are you going to run? Well, what do you mean? Well, like, what do you what what needle are you trying to move? Like, where are you trying? Especially when they've got an existing product where this thing has existed from mm-hmm. a year to ten years, and they've never ever done anything 
other than like a customer satisfaction survey before. And it's like, well, our biggest problem is we're trying to reduce churn. Okay, awesome. Do you know what's causing the churn? No. Well, do you know what could possibly be causing it? No. Um, is there anything you could potentially measure, you know, to try to change that might affect it? Oh, maybe. Okay, great. So how are you going to measure that? I don't know. I, I mean, I think that it is so difficult for people to figure out how to ask questions, how to do experiments, how to make the hypothesis. The other thing that I'm seeing is development teams are not high-performing enough to actually do lean startup work. Meaning, you know, if even if you have a product owner that comes in and says, hey, I want this, it's like, oh, you want that piece of data? That's going to be three weeks to build that metric so that you can start collecting that data. And then the feature that you want us to test, that's going to be another 10 weeks to develop. And so I think, you know, enterprises want to adopt this stuff, but man, I mean, they're just not ready. It, but that is lean. It took us a year to do it last time. True. <laughs> Right, and and one of the things I've been seeing out there as I go, especially in the larger companies that I'm, I'm going, the, the enterprises, is I, I put out this warning that there's three guys in a shop that I'm calling it that are just gonna get out there and kick your ass. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I got this great idea again to just go ahead and start another site. Um, and this one is definitely lean startup style. Uh, it's totally uh, testing the initial hypothesis of. Is this even worth it? Um, so if you go to threeguysinashop.com right now, it's basically uh, very, very lean startup style, right? Let's get it started and see what happens. And what I want to do with this is kind of start showing the failures and that failures are good in the lean startup world. Um, my hypothesis is there are a lot more failures out there using lean startup than there are successes. And I want to kind of use this as showcasing people trying and showing what it's like to fail and succeed. So um, don't know where it's going to go with that. Uh, one, of, one of the projects I'm starting out with that kind of to show is totally non-software development related. Um, there's a company called Lean Pub that I'm doing some publishing, and, and it's being pretty well used in the uh, agile world too. Um, I know Brian Merrick and a couple other people have got some stuff out there. Um, I started a children's book of a kid's book that I used to, you know, tell stories that I used to tell my kids. And it's called The Pirate's Cavern. And it's going lean, startup style, um, to actually show a product being delivered. It's totally outside of the software delivery world, but um, I'm going to kind of chronicle what happens along the way with that. So how, how, for example, for that with that book, how are you collecting feedback on that? Like, how, could you describe like a um, one of the experiments you ran while working on that book? So I literally have just gotten it up there uh, over the weekend, and my first request is to have them, the readers, read it to their kids, read it with their kids, and see what their kids' response is. Um. The feedback that I'm receiving so far has been ranging from meh to holy cow, this is awesome. So now I've got to figure out what the holy cow, this is awesome, and what the meh is about. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm kind of testing right now. And how are you going about testing that? Uh, getting Right now it's just feedback via email. Uh, LeanPub allows you to collect email addresses of people that download your book. Um, and I've got a, it's amazing too. I've got a sliding scale up there of pricing. 
Um, it, I'm giving it away for free. It's zero to like five bucks. And um, people are actually paying more than $5 for this book. You know, it doesn't seem like a huge deal, but it's also good for testing uh, pricing models too along the way. So is that like your measurement for like there's an improvement because the average price has gone up? Is that, is that kind of the idea? No, I, right now I'm, I'm actually just seeing, you know, I, I take it for free, really. I mean, I, um, I'm kind of surprised that people are paying for it. <laughs> And and one of the you know one of the next tests I'm gonna one of the next tests I'm gonna ask about is why right, what made you pay, even more than what the suggested price was because Lean Pub allows you to basically pay whatever you want. Mm-hmm. So, so one of the other things that I'm seeing a ton is that, um, you know I, I teach an entrepreneurship course as well at the university and I, I think the other thing that is really missing and these big companies um, are they are so far removed from actual profit and loss of their products that they 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 have no i mean meaning they have revenue stream coming in from you know they don't know where that pays their salary you know there is no like man if we don't do something quick to get more users or get more money uh that we are going to be out of a job like that just doesn't exist in the enterprise world for the most part And, and so one of the things that the two key things that i think most real lean startups start to look at is how much does it cost us to acquire a new customer or to keep on a customer, and what is the lifetime value of that customer? And if the lifetime value is smaller than what it costs to acquire them, we should kill the product or figure out new feature sets to increase the price or to get more customers or do something. And when I start to ask those kind of questions, this bare simple, like, how are you acquiring your customers? I don't know. Right? How much does it cost? I don't know marketing does that. Mm-hmm. Right? How much is it? You know, you've got customer A that does uses your system in X, and you've got customer B that uses it in Y. Which one is more expensive for you to maintain, or do they cost the same to maintain? Well, what do you mean? Well, I mean, does one of them require more of your time and attention than the other one? Oh yeah, customer A, like they call in support all the time. Well, do you charge them more than you charge customer? No. Well, then why, you know, like that makes no sense to me. I think it's interesting that you brought that up. You know, in Lean Startup, they make a big deal about vanity metrics. And there's all these startups that go around, you know, kind of promoting these uh, these metrics that are not especially meaningful. But even, I think in the enterprise, they don't even have the vanity metrics. Can you give an, exa- you know? you give an example of a vanity metric? Like if metric? you just say revenue or something. Or number of users. Yeah, number of users, right? Like we had 100 new signups. It's like, okay. We well, lost $100 million on, exactly. a, on right. a million users. We, we, we have the three biggest NBA stars using our product. We pay them each a million dollars a year to use it. Yeah, I mean, if you have amazing revenue, but, you know, like if, right. if you make, you know, $100 revenue for every customer and it costs you 99 to get that customer. That's not. You can have a big so, number, but it's not super impressive. So something you'd mentioned was like that the marketing people are in charge of uh, talking to the users, and all that. like that. That seems to be a uh, a really common thread too. Is that the people that are in charge of doing the work and the people doing the work and like all of the improvement stuff are really, really far removed from the actual users of the system, and most of the time from the customers of the system as well. Where like you have to play this entire game of telephone, where somebody over over like there's a whole body of people here that don't like something, and it like goes up through like the channels, where it goes up to the marketing people, and the marketing people bring it around to the CEO, and it makes its way back down and trickles back down into eventually the product owner and the developers, and like that. that yeah. it, uh, well, I, I think I think we we separate the people doing the work from the outcomes of the work. 
So if the product owner can't tell you how much it costs to acquire a customer, and they can't tell you how much revenue they make off of a particular customer, and they can't tell you who's a good customer who's versus who's a bad customer financially, how on earth do you expect the developer or the UI person or whoever on the team to be able to tell you that? And I think what starts to happen is that it, even at the marketing level, they don't really know those answers, mm-hmm. right? All they're looking at is a revenue stream. Are our revenues going up? If we do this kind of marketing, or th- it's all the vanity metrics. You know, we've got, ex- we've got uh, 10,000 customers in our system currently. We, our quarter four goal is that we have 15,000 customers. So if we market and we spend $1,000 per customer to acquire a customer and our product only has $10 ever that we get out of this customer, but it makes our number go to 15,000. We are totally happy with that mm-hmm. is the marketing department because we met our quarterly goal. We, you know, we got more customers, sure. right? And, and I think so many, so many teams and so many products are not looking holistically at their product. They're looking at one, you know, we want to stop churn. We want to increase revenue. We want to increase number of users. We want to, you know, get into market X, Right, but that's only like one part of the formula. So, like, if everyone, I think if you talk to a lot of product people, they have a ton of ideas, and then they can't pick which ones or they can't execute on them. Do you think it'd be better served rather than have these like kind of um, big like economies of scale where you have these big departments that are all you know supposed to be doing one main goal? Would would you be better off plucking you know one person from marketing, one person from sales, one person from this, one person from that, and creating little lean startup teams that could work on one idea at a time? And just mm. burn through those things. Mm. Sounds familiar. A bunch of a bunch of little <laughs> three guys in a shop. What's that called? Thing? Cross yeah. cross right. something. Functional. Oh teams. yeah, cross functional. Yeah, I mean, I think what's happening is we're seeing it in the development side. So, like, let's take a QA person. Right. Let's take a designer. Let's take whatever and create them as a team. But I think if you look at the startups that are scaling well, they're the ones who say like we're creating products. And our products end up being encapsulated by we have one of everybody on the team, and we don't have necessarily like the global marketing department. We right. don't have the global whatever. Like each product kind of stands stands on its own at some level. Yeah. Any final parting thoughts, Mike? Before we let you go back to uh, writing, Mr. writing your book. Yeah, writing your book. <laughs> Yeah, you know, everybody laughs about it, but, you know, that they all laughed about that little cartoon site that I run, too. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, just, you know, go ahead and follow follow along. This is, you know, public accountability on my part, too, for three guys in a shop. Let's see where it goes. Um, get out to leanpub.com slash Pirates Cavern and uh, get me some feedback on that. And uh, I appreciate you guys taking the time to uh, have me on here tonight. Thanks for well, being here. Thanks, us. Mike. Thanks, Mike. And cool, the- thank you. For those following along, we've got a prior episode where we actually had the founder of Lean Pub on, and we had another episode with Lean Startup and the Enterprise with David J. Bland as well. So go, awesome. go back and brush up on those, and uh, we'll see you next time. Is there something you'd like to hear in a future episode? Head over to integramtech.com slash podcast where you can suggest a topic or a guest. Looking for an easy way to stay up to date with the latest news, techniques, and events in the Agile community? Sign up today at agileweekly.com. It's the best Agile content delivered weekly for free. The Agile Weekly podcast is brought to you by Integram Technologies and recorded at Gangplank Studios in Chandler, Arizona.
For old episodes, check out integrumtech.com or subscribe on iTunes. Need help with your agile transition? Have a question and need to phone a friend? Try calling the Agile Hotline. It's free. Call 866-244-8656.